everybody. This is Raul. And I am Oscar Ibieta. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for being here. The Medicare Agent IQ. And again, the reason that we do this is really we're just trying to help. We understand that 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 for some agents, it's not that easy to produce Medicare sales. So we're here today to really just help agents, uh, regardless of where you are in the nation, to be more successful selling Medicare. So uh, we got a good topic today. I think it's uh, really choosing um, how, to, how to get sales out of doing educational events, right? And so that's, uh, that's something that we've been doing even here at, at our company. We've been training agents recently, like how do you even do it, right? How do you do a, uh, a educational seminar? And so there's a lot of videos on that. We actually, uh, we might even post the video that, that, that we did recently of just me doing kind of a mock presentation. So that's first, first of all, is it, there's, there's a lot of opportunity that people are turning 65 every day, right? Huge. And I think it's one of the most effective we've seen agents agents have a lot of success in doing this, but you got to make sure that you do it right. And so that's what we're going to talk about today is we're going to show you how to set this thing up from beginning to end and what that process looks like. Yeah. 11,000 people turn 65 every day up until I think 2030. 2030. That's a so, lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So over eight years. Yeah, take advantage of that. And so obviously I think before we even get started on, on, on really where we're going to go today on, on how to be effective in, in turning educational events into sales, first thing is just kind of you got to pick a location, right? You've got to figure out, okay, where, where am I going to do that? And so I think if, if you want to share just a little bit about what, what you're looking for, right? We're, we're looking first of all, for a, a place that has a private room, right? Yeah. Ideally something that's got a private room or maybe just a separate room. I know we've done some events in a location like a in texas there's this barbecue place it's called broody's barbecue we've done some stuff in there before yeah. they kind of have like a it's it's not a separate private room but it's it's kind of separated from the rest of the restaurant uh but then other other places do have a private room ideally that's that's the the space that you're looking for um and also you don't want to find you know you don't want to host this thing at a, at a five-star restaurant where you're going to be spending <laughs> you know a hundred dollars a head right. for this thing you want to make sure that it's reasonable as well yeah i think that one of the one of the concerns that i would have or things that you will want to be kind of mindful of is is there's a $15 limit. Now that's not a Medicare rule, but if you look if you represent United Healthcare, which to be honest most most people probably do, they actually have a rule that says that if you're going to be doing a educational event that there's a maximum of $15 per person. And so I would really just kind of use that regardless of who I'm going to represent because of the fact that you do represent United, I would, I would always just kind of be mindful of that. And, and let's, let's be honest, why spend more than $15 a person? There's really not a need to do that. So, uh, what I would do is first of all, kind of choosing the right event format, right? We say, okay, first of all, would we do a seminar? That's what we're talking about here, right? By looking for a venue. I think that, that is, there's so much value in doing these seminars. You go over plan options, enrollment periods, benefits. You may not know this, but United Healthcare, again, a company that we're, we all, we all, most of us who do Medicare represent, but United Healthcare has a fantastic, uh, educational seminar presentation. It's the one that I use. Yeah. It's yeah. called Medicare made clear. So Medicare if you have access clear. to United healthcare, just go to their toolkit 
and type in the words Medicare made clear and you'll right. find it. And let's clarify, that's not the, the there was another book, there was another presentation there. It was like quite lengthy that I was going, I was looking <laughs> through the other day. Which one was that again? That's, well, they have a guide and they have an actual presentation. Okay, so, so it was the ones. guide. So, yeah. so I, I would do not present that guide. <laughs> You're gonna be there talking for like, for, for, for about three hours. The guides are good to have. So I, I would yep. definitely make it, order them to have them on hand. And, and you can give those out at the end of these presentations. Don't give them out at the beginning of the presentation. And we'll probably talk about why that makes sense. Yeah, I would think that uh, another another kind of important note is, this is just kind of a bonus, it's not even in my notes here, but I would make sure to try to keep your presentation, full presentation from, hi, I'm Raul, all the way till the end to about an hour. Why is and, that? Well, because you're gonna lose people's attention. <laughs> like you're gonna, yeah. People start using the restroom, people yeah. are, you know, they, they've got phone calls to make, and you just really, I think that's about as long of an attention span as, as the average person really has. And that's, you even see it in church services, right? That they try to keep it right at an hour. Even for me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, man, I'm, you're losing me here. That's why another reason why our, our, our podcast, we're trying to keep yeah. them right at 30 minutes, right? We got, we got it. We got really good attention for certain amounts of time. And I think for something like that, it's a, definitely an hour. Uh, but so besides the seminars, I think a webinar is another really good way to, um, to do an educational event, especially, you know, obviously we learned a lot during, during COVID, right? A lot of, a lot of people are willing in. So I think that we have to get away from thinking that seniors are not tech savvy. That's, that's a day. That's, that's something in the past, right? Like, right. like 15 years ago when I was doing this, if you told a senior, Hey, let's just jump on a webinar real quick. You, they'd be like, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. But nowadays, like everybody's been on a computer that anyone who's retiring right now, or anyone turning 65 uh, for the, for the last 20 years has probably worked on a computer. So there's less and less uh, ignorance when it comes to, you know, ability to, to jump on a webinar. I think they make a lot of sense. So basically you just do the same presentation. The cool part about it is that one, you can record it. And so if somebody says, Oh man, I'm, I missed it. Like, Oh, here, just go ahead and watch this and we can talk again here soon. Uh, obviously if I had a choice, I'd probably recommend and say, you know what, let's, let's get together. I'll do it for you yeah. in person. But if they ask if you record it, say, absolutely. You know, we, we recorded it. Uh, I think an important piece is you've got to practice these presentations. I know when I started doing these, these Medicare seminars, I actually had to practice them. So download that, make sure you download that presentation and actually go through it, present it to a family member, present it to a friend. We have agents who come into our office and we actually sit in a, sit in a classroom style, sit in our training room and they get up on, and they, they hook up to the TV and they make a presentation to us as if I was a senior who was out there turning 65 and wanting to learn, right? Because this is your audition as an agent, you're auditioning for these people and you wanna let them know, hey, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna educate you on Medicare and give you all the reasons to choose me, right? Because at the end of the day, why should I choose you? So you're not just there to give some information, you're, you're selling yourself to them. And yeah. so you wanna make sure that when you make this presentation that you're prepared. So how do you prepare? You practice. And so practice it at home, practice it at the office, uh, get in front of people and, and don't be afraid to, to have someone give you some feedback, the, the good and the bad, you gotta take both. Cause I know if I'm sit, standing in front of a group and I keep doing something quite a bit or I keep umming uh, way too much, I want to know that because I want to fix that. I don't want, you know, anybody to get caught up on Oscar just kept saying, um, and um, and um, and cause I, I've been in that situation where people are presenting and they use um way too much and I 
kind of just start counting, you know, yeah. how many times they're saying, um, and I forget about what they're presenting. So again, the, the whole point of, I'm going off here, but no, the whole no, point important. is you want to practice it. You want to practice making that presentation and get some feedback from some people who can help you deliver a solid presentation because you're auditioning for these people. Yeah, you really are. I, I would recommend just as another little bonus here. I've been in well, it was, it's been about 13 years since I did it, but it, I, I was in Toastmasters before, and it's valuable. And one of the things that they do when you are presenting is they will actually, they carry a bell. <laughs> and so you're going and you're giving your presentation, all of a sudden you hear that ding. It's really good about helping you to stop the ums. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, obviously when we're doing this podcast, I, I may say, um, but my goal is really to make sure to eliminate those because people do count them. And so that's just, I'm, I'm glad you brought brought that up. It's a little, little bonus and, <laughs> and they may not count them, but you start to lose their attention. Cause when you, when you hear that at, um, way too much. So, uh, I would say the, the last of the choices, you know, by doing the, the seminar, like obviously you can do them there at, at a library. We've seen people do them, but we could do a lunch and learn or a dinner. I think yeah. that, it, you know, obviously the lunch and learn makes sense in different ways. And so you've, you've got the dinner that we talked about a little bit earlier, but what about a lunch? You know, yeah. I think that keep that in mind. Both may work. I, personally, I don't know how you feel, but I feel like the dinners are more effective just because as we all know, right, more and more seniors are working past the age of 65. And so you've got people who are turning 65 still working. A dinner might make more sense for them. But at the same time, I've, we've seen where lunches have been successful too. So either way. Yeah, I've seen, I, I, I've seen like we, we were doing them even here at our office and yeah. we would have, you know, just come on out, learn, you know, learn about Medicare here at our office. And, and we got people to show. Yeah. And, and so I, I definitely think that both are effective. Obviously there, you know, you may have more people show up to a, to a dinner, but at the same time, what about those people who are not available after hours? You know, there's 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 a need for both, I would say. And uh, so let's go ahead and move on about how, how do we promote this event? Obviously, there is no point in doing these events if we're not going to effectively promote them. We need to make sure that we're getting people there. So how do you do that? So obviously I, I would say that one of the best ways is, is through mailers, right? You would send an invitation, hey, we're doing this meeting. We know you're turning 65 and you can say it in, in a much better way than that, but we know that you're turning 65. What we would love to do is to have you come out and learn all there is to know about Medicare in order to help you make an informed decision. So that's basically what the what we're trying to do. And then it's your job to kind of come up with some, some good wording for a postcard to say that. But I would say uh, making sure to do it through mailers, social media ads is, is another way. So there's, you know, f Facebook and Instagram and, and I mean, gosh, you, you wouldn't think it, but, but seniors nowadays, they're on TikTok too. <laughs> there's yeah. a lot. So, so everywhere you can, you can do it. I know that, that if you can figure out how to, how to get yourself to, to be viral, it, it, I, I know that you can actually do it on TikTok for free, right. Mm -hmm. Or, or, or even, uh, on Instagram, you can grow a following and then, and then do it there. So uh, definitely social media, I think sponsoring related events. So if you, if you hear that, 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 you know, uh, an attorney is doing this, you know, estate planning for, for seniors, obviously you can see if there's a way you guys can come in together and, and then where you could, you could give a presentation to them. And, uh, so again, just kind of partnering with, with uh, senior focused businesses. And sometimes they, they can blast it out to their social media following yeah. and you, you guys help each other out that way. 
grassroots absolutely grassroots is big you know that's that's the and that's going to be the the one that costs the least amount of money but it takes some time and effort right it's boots on the ground but if you've got the location you've created a, a flyer you've created an ad print off some print off some of those flyers print off 25 to 30 of them target all the surrounding locations right i'm going to be hosting it at at billy bob's burgers and so let me let me do let me see what senior apartment complexes may be in the area. Yeah. Find uh, places that have cork boards, maybe dollar stores where you can drop things. Just ask. We have, uh, my family's got a restaurant and and constantly people are walking in and saying, hey, is it okay if I leave a flyer for this event or this, this other event that we've got going on? So the grassroots is great. You get out there, drop off your flyers and you can promote and you can drive some traffic there as well. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, making sure that that we are including all of the details, and we maybe build a flyer. And I would I would say let's let's do our best to make sure that that flyer looks professional, right? I want it to be something that if I if I am a senior, if I was in their shoes, like, would I, would I go to this? I don't know. Like if it looks like you put it together in word and then, then I would probably say, Hey, that's not a great idea. What I do, what TMS does, our, our agents, we, we create a, um, we, we will create those flyers for them and just kind of give them custom flyers. That's probably something to check with your upline, see if that's something that they can, they can do for you. It's just so that way it, you've got something that you can give that looks like, Hey, there's some thought put into this. Mm -hmm. It's not just me coming up with it uh, on word, uh, make the ask, see, see, you know, get, get someone to help you with that. If, if that's not your strength. Uh, and then, uh, I would say that if, if, if you get RSVP, so make sure to follow up with them beforehand. Like, Hey, I, I noticed that, that you are, RSVP to this event. Just wanted to uh, remind you of the event. Make sure that you actually uh, are planning on coming out to it, and let's let's do the best that we can because that's really your best opportunity to contact the people is when when they're on your RSVP list. So I would definitely make sure uh, to to do that. Yeah, I like that. And and you just gave me a thought, right? When you find that location, usually you try to find these locations about six weeks out. I feel like that's the sweet spot that yeah. gives you a month and a half to put this whole thing together, to advertise it, to really get the word out and drive traffic there and collect your RSVPs. So you find the location six weeks out, here we are, you know, let's say it's the middle of June and you're planning for something in August. Uh, make sure that you follow up with that location, you know, maybe the, a week before, a few mm -hmm. days before say, Hey, it's me, Oscar. Uh, if you remember, I was in here about a month ago and I had reserved the place we agreed so that I could have this place on, on Wednesday evening. I just wanted to, to follow up and make sure that you've still got me on your calendar. Cause the last thing, believe me, the last thing you want is to show up to, to Billy Bob's burgers. And they totally forgot that you were coming in to have your, your, uh, at your educational seminar. Yeah. One thing I would, I would tell everybody is look, if you are in that, you find yourself in that situation where they, and we, we've seen this happen time and again. Uh, if you, if you find yourself in that situation, what I would do is give the restaurant a little bit of pushback and it's, you know, it's like, Hey, remember we have this event that's scheduled, just calling to remind you and, you know, just make sure it's still in your books. Oh no, we, we ended up booking a, we ended up booking a, you know, some, a, a birthday party for that same time and say, Hey, look, I understand that, but 
but I do want to let you know that we've actually already advertised this and we've ad advertised it out to the public. So if I had to cancel it, I'd actually have to, to advertise that it's canceled in the same way. And it's just, it's not in my budget. And since we had already agreed on this, I'm hoping that just this one time, maybe you could call that birthday party and let them know that, that we actually had already had these plans. So I would give them some pushback if that yeah, happens. Don't, don't, don't fold right yeah, away. Like, yeah. oh, okay, well, I guess I've got to cancel. No, yeah. no, no, no. This is why we're reminding them. It's just so that way we can, we can get in front of something like that. Cause mm -hmm. worst case scenario is you show up on the day of the event and there's already people there for the birthday or right. they start walking in for the birthday as you're <laughs> presenting, which is, which is not ideal. Right. So next on our list, and we talked to, we touched on it a little bit earlier, but, but develop a great educational presentation. So we mentioned, what about, what about doing Toastmasters? What about doing things like that? Mm -hmm. But, um, when you do this, you're going to want to cover the basics of Medicare, part A, B, C, and D, all of them, and uh, do it in a simple way. I think that's one of the things that agents kind of get caught up on sometimes is maybe using words that maybe are in-house terms, right? We're like, oh, if, well, if you enroll in an MAPD, well, we know what that is, right? right? But it's a Medicare Advantage plan. So that's what we're going to say. If you enroll in a Medicare Advantage plan, or some people I notice, like there's a, when you're explaining a Medicare supplement, and then you just start throwing in the word Medigap. Yeah. Yeah. You're so, so you're like, well, you didn't explain what Medigap was, but you know that it's the same thing, but you're not really explaining that to people. So you've got to kind of be aware that, that you are the expert, not them. Right. And someone think, asks you a yeah. question. Sorry. Someone asks you a question while you're presenting. Hey, well, I'm still working. Am I able to get onto Medicare now? Well, yeah, that creates an SCP. You'll have an SCP for that. And they're sitting there thinking, what the heck is an SEP? Well, it's a special enrollment period. Again, that's an in-house term. So you want to make sure that you do this really at at an elementary level, right? Just entry level, just to give them a little a little tidbit of information enough to give them a basic understanding. But you don't want to go over the top with the terminology because you don't want to confuse them and lose them, right? right? But at the end of the day, you're the expert, and so that's where you're giving this information and you're giving enough for them to have a base, that basic understanding. But who do I ask if I have more questions? Well, you ask me, you ask the presenter, you ask that agent. Right. Absolutely. And, and I will share that the Medicare and you handbook, that's the book that everybody gets for Medicare that is written on a seventh grade level. Okay. And what that means is that you take an average 13 year old and they'd be able to read that. Well, that's the way that you need to be able to communicate with the seniors. And I know that, that it's a different time. So again, 15 years ago, and I kind of think about like my grandmother and she uh, was born in 1932 and I think about her. And so she's a different senior. My grandmother actually only went to, to, I want to say up to sixth grade or something mm -hmm. like that. And then she started working on the farm or whatever it was. And it's a different time now. Seniors are, are different for the most part. I would say that, or at least the average senior did finish school now. And, and, yep. and so, so, but let's, let's keep in mind that not everybody did and yep. not everybody's on the same kind of literacy level or on the same kind of comprehension level. So let's, let's keep that in mind. And, and really, cause what you might end up doing is if you're using words that are just really too big for the, uh, for the group is, is could cause an offense where the person's like, uh, or, or even internal offense where they don't realize it. They just know they don't like you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. Well, cause I can't understand anything he says, you know, right. that kind of thing. So, so let's do our best to, to kind of just kind of hold back and, and, and maybe communicate on a level that everybody there will be able to understand. And, um, 
I would say the next one is share unbiased advice and resources to build trust. Now, this is a big one. And I think that it's a it's a frustration when I as a as an agency leader, I, I hear the way that people talk. And, and of course, there's inherent biases in everything. Right. There's 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 these biases that people have where they'll say uh, they'll they'll word things in a way. Yeah. Like when you talk about an HMO, yeah, but you have to select a primary care doctor and get referrals Mm -hmm. and like the way you can say it in a way where like, okay, well that's your opinion that it's a bad thing. And, and, or like, yeah, but you know, you get to, or, or the other way around, like, yeah, but that those Medicare supplements, man, they're so expensive, you know, like, you know, oh, you can afford it right now, but just wait five years or those types of things that you say, let's remove all biases. And when we're doing an education, uh, seminar, really what we should be doing is just giving the facts. This is what a Medicare advantage is. These are some, these are some cons of it. These are some, some pros, but we're going to give both and we're not going to do it in a way that has anything to do with what you would go on. What I find myself doing is, is I'll always talk about the fact that there's different needs for everybody, right? So like what Oscar might choose is probably different from what I might choose. And I always bring up the fact that in my own household, my wife is 100% a Medicare supplement client. You know, you meet with her and having her primary care doctor and her specialist is so important to her. She's like, yeah, I've got to have them. I'm willing to pay a lot extra money. doesn't matter. And, and I guess she can afford it. <laughs> so, so she's like, whatever, I, I, this is what I want. Where I'm the kind of person I, I want to be on an HMO, on a, on a Medicare Advantage HMO. And to me, I'm like, I can find another good doctor. I'm not too concerned about that. Right. And so, so that's, 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 I bring that up that, that even in our own household, it, there's different needs for everybody. And then as a salesperson, I, I understand that I can, I, it, it makes sense to me. So I'm not too concerned and I'm not going to force my ideas on right. anyone else. Well, that's why there's so many options, right? That's why there's so many carriers with so many different plans within the carriers. Then you've got your HMOs, you've got your PPOs, you've got your Medicare supplements. There's a ton of different options that people have. And that's because that's the reality that we're in. I, I can't tell you how many times I've been in a household where I'm sitting with a husband and wife and it's the the HMO plan is what makes the most sense for the husband because he's he doesn't really care who his doctor is. He's all about saving money. He wants you know a, a whole lot of dental, as much dental as he can get, as opposed to the wife. She, she's got a list of four or five specialists that mean the world to her and we gotta make sure that we find a plan that that are where those those specialists are in the network for her. So and they end up with different carriers, right? Sometimes you and you, you're having a conversation with someone and they say, well, I just, you know, just get me on the same plan that that my husband has or that my wife has when in reality it may not be the right fit. And that's important. So that's why it's so important to share this information in the most unbiased way, because if you're favoring one particular type of plan over another, you might be lose. You may think that you're gaining this one particular prospect, but you're losing the other. So you want to be neutral to this whole thing when you're talking about it all. Yeah, absolutely. Hey man, I, I got a question for you. Just what uh, your professional opinion, what do you think about where the Q and a section goes? Is it, do you, do you allow them? Cause everybody's different. Do you allow them to do a question and answer uh, throughout the whole presentation? Or do you say, please hold your questions till the end. Tell me about what you do there. Yeah. Well, you, 
you're trying to keep the presentation to an hour, right? So you don't want to have too many questions. I might, at the beginning of my presentation, I might start by saying, hey, look, if you have any questions that you feel would be good for the group, then go ahead and just, you know, just maybe raise your hand and we can, and we can address it. But if you have some questions that are more specific to a particular scenario that you've been dealing with, then maybe we'll hold that off to the end. But as long as, you know, as long as we're on pace, cause I wanna make sure that I'm respectful of everybody's time, we're gonna try to keep it to about an hour. As long as we're on, on pace, I'm open to, to questions. But if I feel like we're falling behind, I may just say, hey, let's go ahead and hold off those questions until the end. I'm gonna stick around for a little while. Happy to talk to you. Yeah, yeah, I think that's, uh, that, that's exactly the way that I would do it. And one of the, one of the thoughts that I have kind of as, as I'm going through there is, is I want to make sure that everybody's question gets answered. That's the big thing for me though, is that like, I don't want anyone to feel like, oh, well I went there and it was a waste of time, right? Like if you have questions, I yeah. want them to get answered. But at the same time, I don't want to lose control of my audience. Yeah. And so uh, we, we've got it here. So, so you, there's some risks, right? One with, with there's too many questions, then you're going to risk control, losing control of your audience. But if you uh, answer too many questions, you're going to risk like losing people's attention. Right. Cause yeah. like, like the person over here, like, I don't care about your, your doctors. I don't care about right. your prescriptions. Right. So there just has to be a, a way to, to make that work. And I've, I've learned that the hard way, right. There have been times where I've lost control. And so I think, gosh, I need to do better. And so I've made my adjustments over the years, but yeah, you're exactly right. So you, there is a risk and you want to be conscious of that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, then, uh, I would say the last, Last one would be kind of at the end of it, having a strong call to action. So first of all, like as I'm presenting, like I'll run through the whole presentation and I'll say something like, you know, this is where the value of having a, a good local licensed agent right here in San Antonio would be able to help you. I like to bring that up and just kind of remind people, look, I'm, I, by the way, I'm not just the guy speaking up here. I'm also someone that can help you with a lot of these things. So one of the things that I'll say is like, so I just want to let you guys know, and I do it throughout, but then especially at the end, just a reminder, if you are needing help applying for Medicare, because I know it can be difficult when you're getting on uh, Social Security's website to apply for Medicare, when you're doing these different things, I want you guys to know that I'm someone that can do that, okay? So I know that that as of right now, Medicare does allow us to to even take scope of appointments and things, scopes of appointments, uh, but, but but I'm, I'm hearing some, some things that maybe in the future, they're not going to allow us to do those types of things. So the call to action might be like, just want to let everybody know my cards are up here on the table. If you would like someone like me to, to do a review for you at no cost, that's what I'm here to do. So feel free to grab my card. I'm glad to, to help you. I would love to be the person that can sit one-on-one -on -one with you and really get to know you really be able to help make some educated decisions on on what the right plan might be for you. That's what I do. Yeah. Many of you that are sitting here, you might still be working and you're trying to figure out, do I need this Medicare? If I'm still working, I've got insurance at work. There's a lot of layers to that question. And again, feel free to reach out to me. That's something that I can help with. Absolutely. So hey everybody, we're, we're, we're hoping that you're getting a lot out of this podcast. That's what we're going to continue to do and just going to continue to, 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 
to do the best that we can uh, for anyone who's listening. We want to sharpen your skills. We want to help you sharpen your tools and, and get better at Medicare. So uh, if you ever have any questions, feel free. If it, you know something that you want us to talk about, feel free to shoot me an email. My email is, is rgonzalez, R-G-O-N-Z-A-L-E-Z at T like Tom, M like Mike, S like Sierra, brokerage. Dot com. So don't hesitate to to shoot us an email and say, hey, you know, I'm 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 curious about this. Could you give us some some more direction on on how to do this or how to do that? We're always open to questions. So uh, thank you so much, and uh, we look forward to uh, talking with everyone again.